Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Hey, well, happy Thursday, October 27. Welcome to the broadcast. I can't believe it's almost the end of October. So welcome, welcome. Uh, We're going to bring Cash Patel on in just a few minutes. A couple of quick preliminaries and we'll bring him on. Uh, let's start with wh- what I promise is we'll often play you a clip by Robin uh, Bullock, where which we normally get from uh, his show on Tuesdays, which is the 11th hour. So uh, we're just going to play it without uh, an intro, and you can kind of figure out the context as, as we go. So go ahead and play that clip from Robin. I heard a sound of the defeat, Satan's defeat. I heard that sound for just a moment. But a moment was long enough to know that it is coming. A moment of hearing that, just a moment, just a fleeting moment, I heard it. That means it's approaching even now. Hallelujah. How long, honestly, honestly do you think fools will be allowed to speak for this nation? How long, really, really? How long do you think foolish men whose tongues will consume in their mouths like Harari and Swab and all of their jackalous crowd is going to be able to speak this kind of blasphemy across the land? You cannot keep speaking blasphemy as long as there's prophets to stand in your face and point their finger at your face. Have you not read the book, fool? Do you not realize that in the book, in Revelation, it says two prophets oppose the whole regime of the Antichrist. And whoever tries to stand in their way, fire comes out of their mouth and consumes them where they stand. This is only two prophets can withstand the whole regime of the beast. And the only reason they die in the book of Revelation is because they're the two that has never died. And so they right there, when they allow themselves to die there, then they prove the resurrection three days and nights later as they stand on their feet in front of the world. Just two prophets. When Satan has his greatest expression of power, two prophets make him show the world the resurrection. Do you really think in your crooked, demonic, stupid smile that you're going to be able to overcome prophetic utterances that's coming from the throne beyond the mountains of time? Do you really think, who do you think you are? This is just the point. You think you're a God, but still, too much rich food makes you run to the bathroom. You're not a God. You're not a God. You're only a piece of a man. Just a small piece. And you're getting smaller every day. The lion is roaring and there's a sound coming beyond the mountains of time. And it's coming beyond the mountains of 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 sound that we've ever heard before. It's coming beyond the mountains of eternity and it's approaching fastly into this earth and it is going to come and mark this down. Hear this prophet today, you mark this down, make a ledger in your mark, in your ledger and all of your plans 
Mark right beside it. We are weak and defeated because behold the lion is coming and we will have revival and you will not stop it, not even a day. Hallelujah. Wow. Wow. Robin is amazing. Uh, what a prophet. Uh, that's just amazing. You can, you can sense the um, tension, if you will, in the spirit uh, in a good way that God's about had enough. So uh, anyway, uh, w- wanted to share that with you uh, real quick. We're going to show you the uh, trailer for American Warriors today. So here we go with that. You're constantly working out. You're constantly being uh, what we call cranked, uh, being disciplined by your company commanders or drill sergeants. And then just completely the unknown. It felt like everything you knew about real world was ripped out of your life and they owned you. And they do that for a reason. They, they, they do it so they can get you to a place where you can overcome whatever's in front of you. The, the ability to know that I could do just about anything if I put my mind to it. And that really was helpful, not only in basic training, but all my time in the Coast Guard and the rest of my life. When you graduate, you feel like you're invincible. So I hope you will watch American Warriors today. Here are the two channels on Rumble. Just type in American Warriors 22 or just American Warriors and on YouTube the same, American Warriors 22 or American Warriors. So uh, the Schultz brothers are doing a great job, if I do say so myself, putting together these these real stories, um, and we're going to continue to do that for years to come. So I hope you'll enjoy that with us. Uh, all right, it's time for uh, Prophets and Patriots with Cash Patel. So here we go. Cash Patel, welcome, welcome. Did you want to tell the group what you told me about your T-shirt? I said, what is that? Oh, well, it's great to be back. And look, I'll pan down just for a yeah. second so everyone can see it. It's my Orange Man Bad t-shirt, orange and it's man. for um, fightwithcash.com. Awesome. So that's basically my 501c foundation that we launched. Um, the history is actually pretty cool. Wow. Um, we launched it after I got defamed mercilessly by the media while I was running the Russiagate investigation. But then when I traveled the country with Devin Nunes, I found so many people, innocent people had been defamed or deplatformed by big tech and the media, and they didn't have the money to go to court and have their defamation cases heard. Well, fightwithcash.com started off as a legal offense trust. We're funding multiple defamation lawsuits for Americans across the country. Really? And if, yeah, and because uh, the only way to get back at the mainstream media and the tech tyrants is to fire a silver bullet at their bottom line. And that's what we're doing. We're giving them their names back in, their, in court. So if you have a case, don't worry about the money. Send us uh, a wow. note at fightwithcash.com. We review your case for free. Much smarter people than me. So there'll be actual lawyers wow. doing it. And if you have a case, we'll call you, we'll get you a lawyer, we'll walk you into court, wow. we'll cut your check for you. And then we morphed into a 501c3 because we thought we have this audience, you know, why not use it for good? So we have um, a veterans assistance programs, so we have a tuition assistance program for kids who want to go to summer camps and things like that. And we're helping active duty service members who are financially in need and also other legal defense funds. So it took oh. the IRS nine months, of course, to give us our certification because you know, we're pro-America and uh, they hated us, but we're not going to wow. stop. We sell all the merchandise on fightwithcash.com. We've got some incredible holiday stuff coming up, by the way. Oh, look at we've that. got Durham deck cards. We've got hoodies. We've got ugly Christmas sweaters coming. No one on my <laughs> board, no one on my board earns $1. Nobody gets paid a salary at Fight With Cash. 
Everything goes right back into the fund so we can send it out. Plus, if you guys have stories of people in need, especially law enforcement or active duty, send us a note. I read every single message that comes in on fightwithcash.com. And we don't want it for notoriety. You need help. We'll cut your check quietly. Wow. Go on about your business. Amazing, Cash. That's amazing. And I love the humor of Orange Man Bad. Yeah, why not? Instead of being offended at people calling him the Orange Man, you're just, you know, it's like a badge of honor to use that expression. And that's amazing. I love that, love that, love that. So, all right, I'm going to jump right in if you're ready. Let's do it. So the first question, and of course, you don't know about any of these questions ahead of time. Are, uh, Cash, is there anything you can tell us about uh, Supreme Court decisions that we're all waiting waiting on that will will be pivotal? Um, well, you know, that as so look, as a former terrorism prosecutor, former public defender before that, I sort of followed the court cycle. And as you guys know, uh, most of your audience, the Supreme Court just reopened two weeks ago for its for its fall session. Uh, <laughs> And we are waiting for a lot of decisions, a lot of decisions related to Section 230, so that the tech tyrants can no longer be protected by false, uh, by this law that allows Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and whatever. They can repost and people can post defamatory material on there that would be defamatory if it was printed by CNN and the New York Times. Mm-hmm. But because of this bogus law, um, we ne- right now we can't sue Twitter and Facebook, but they're allowed to lie about you endlessly and mercilessly attack you. So that's one of those decisions. We've got religious freedoms decisions coming down the pipe. We've got voter integrity decisions coming down the pipe. And just wait till we get past the October, uh, oh, excuse me, the November election here yeah. in just uh, 12 short days. Watch, watch. I've never said this publicly, but the Democrats are going to be the ones who challenge election integrity and say the election was stolen come that. November 8th. So we will that. have come full circle. Is there anything in the hopper, um, uh, for lack of a better term, about the Dominion machines or is that is that, um, you know, maybe I'm not the election integrity Supreme Court guy. Um, I haven't okay. followed those cases as closely, but what I am following is whether or not the Supreme Court will actually finally put out the name of the individual who broke the law and leaked a draft opinion regarding the Roe versus Wade decision oh, wow. weeks beforehand. The Supreme Court has said they launched an internal investigation and there's only a handful of people who had access to that pre-draft decision uh, to include law clerks. And if they are found to have released it earlier, I want to know what the actions are going to be right. for causing upheaval in the United States of America. Because as a lawyer, I know, look, a pre-draft opinion is just that, pre-draft. Yeah. It's not the law. It was utilized to caricature the actual, the ultimate decision that came out, which was not a nullification of Roe v. Wade, putting aside you know, whatever your ish- stance on abortion yeah. is or not. What it said rightfully was, and I firmly believe this, is that that is a state matter and the federal government cannot mandate it, nor should they ever mandate it. And most states, as you now know, um, have chosen a pro-life stance with some choosing a few exceptions for rape and incest and things like that. But whether you disagree or agree with those positions, the Supreme Court did not nullify or cancel abortion. It sent it back to the states where it belongs. And this individual who leaked that decision caused such calamitous harm. And the mainstream media globbed onto the fake news and saying, you know, if you're MAGA first or America first or pro-life, then you don't believe in a woman's right to choose because that's what this decision says. That's not what it says. That's what the headlines say because this individual put on a disinformation campaign 
uh, just like Adam Schiff and Russiagate. And now half of America thinks Roe v. Wade was overturned when that's not what happened. Right, right. Okay, uh, let me ask you this, Cash. What do you know, if anything, that, or, or what can you say, if anything, mm-hmm. about foreign interference with the election? We know the election was stolen. Mm-hmm. Everyone, everyone knows, including, in my opinion, the left knows it too. They're just claiming that mm-hmm. it wasn't stolen. Um, do you have anything to say about foreign interference as far as that? Well, it's interesting that that the people that are bringing up foreign interference in an election in the midterm cycle is not the conservatives. That's not to say it's not happening, but it's the Democrats and the radical left wing media. Why are they bringing it up weeks out of a midterm cycle? Because when they lose, they're going to say that Russia and Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping and China uh, stole the election. Just wait for it. And I'm not saying, look, I'm the first guy. I was the guy that did Russiagate for Devin Nunes. And part of that investigation was to examine the foreign interference in an election. And our report identified it, specifically calling out Russia and China. And I think I ran, I haven't read it in a while, yeah. for interfering. But what our report also found, what our investigation found was we could not find evidence that that interference at that time in 2016 changed a single vote. And that is the ultimate question. We, of course, don't want Russia and China ever meddling in our elections, but they are never going to stop meddling in anything America ever. We are their enemy, as they are ours in many matters. And so when they can cause such upheaval and when the Democrats buy into it, because that's the only narrative they now have left, they're not talking. What are they going to talk about? The economy, the border, um, gas, the price of Oreos at the drugstore. Um, No, they're going to talk about uh, how Russia gave the midterms to the Republicans. They're setting up that next argument because January 6th is over. I don't know. You know, they'll come up with the next get Trump tactic soon. Yeah. So. Next, uh, right around January 6th, uh, it was already coming to the forefront that Italy was involved. Now, they're not the mm-hmm. only one involved, but do you know anything about that case or is that is that above your pay grade or how does that? Yeah. I mean, like most things uh, are, they are above my pay rate. I just okay. haven't followed that one okay. uh, too closely. So don't have a okay. comment there. I think there's going to be a lot of foreign powers uh, found out to be involved in uh, collaborating together. Uh, talk to me or talk to the viewers about, um, okay, this is like everyone's got this on their mind right now. The closeness of or the inevitability of or or the probability of Trump being arrested. What's going on with that? Is he ready to be arrested? What's going on with, with that? I mean, because, of, so I, you know, I, I'm close to the former president and because there's a lot of legal matters going on surrounding the Mar-a-Lago, in, you know, raid or whatever you want to call it. I, I just haven't commented publicly on okay. that in months and I'm probably not going to. Okay. I've said publicly Darn. before, I, I don't, <laughs> I, I said, though. I've said publicly before, I don't, I don't believe there's a basis to arrest him or charge him. Yeah. And I still believe that position today. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I just think probably most Patriots are like on the edge of their seat saying, is this going to happen? Is this not going to happen? Is Trump going to cooperate with that? Of course you can't mm-hmm. not cooperate if they come for you. Well, which brings me to the January 6th thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that committee, which was a fraudulent committee in my view, I'm, I'm asking you, I want to ask you, what is your opinion of the January 6th committee? And do they have even the right or the power to serve subpoenas or uh, arrests? What, 
What can you say about that? If anything? Yeah, look, a lot. Okay. I okay. was the first person subpoenaed by the January 6th. Oh, committee. okay. Wow. It cost me $200,000 in legal fees to adjudicate that subpoena. Why was I subpoenaed? I was the chief of staff at the Department of Defense at the time the January 6th incident occurred, which means I was responsible for the Department of Defense, the no-fail mission, our veterans, our active duty soldiers, the transition from the Trump presidency to the Biden presidency, um, and many more things. So uh, we were central to that entire um, incident. And I told them, I said, why did you guys subpoena me? You could have called me. Adam Schiff's on that committee. He hates me, but he knows how to get a hold of me, as do all of you. But instead, they let the Washington Post know I was subpoenaed. The Washington Post called me in the middle of the night to say, oh, we heard you've been subpoenaed. They wanted a political stunt because they didn't want to hear the actual facts on January 6th. And I'm, I'm really happy to unpack them here because we spent a year plus defeating that disinformation campaign. Because what do they want you to believe? The media and the radical left wanted you to say Trump was performing coup and using the military to perform this coup and that he was killing innocent Americans by inciting a riot. None of that turned out to be true. And I was at the center of it. And what did I do? I went into the committee. I said, I got no problem. How about we talk about the truth and the facts of that day? Let's start with the fundamental principle that the only person that can order a presidential transition, President Trump, did in fact do that months before the January 20th transition date. He told the Department of Defense and the regulations there charged me, this guy, with transitioning from one, one presidency to another. We performed the largest presidential transition in DOD history during the heights of COVID because those were our marching orders. Just let's put that aside. Let's get yeah. to January 4, 5, and 6. There was evidence out there. It's not like, and look, I'm an intel guy, so I'm always looking at classified information when I was in government, yeah. and classified information. But are we to believe that the Dunkin' Donuts and the Starbucks surrounding the United States Capitol had a better intelligence operation than the FBI and DHS? They were boarded up for a week. What, the Capitol Police missed that? The FBI was just like, oh, nothing to see here? President Trump, I was in the Oval Office with him. I think it was January 3rd or 4th, the exact date eludes me. I was with the national defense team. We were working on matters because we worked through the end. We were still protecting America and doing a lot of overseas missions. And after that conversation, he on his own said, hey, guys, do we have all the security we need for January 6th? I know there's going to be a lot of people around. And we said, thank you, Mr. President, for bringing that up. But, you know, he said, you know, the way the law works is what he was referring to is, do you need National Guard to men and women? Because the only way we're allowed to get that is two parts, two things must occur. And this is what I told January 6th committee. They wanted no, nothing to hear with it. But the president of the United States must authorize the use of the National Guard, step one. Step two, it has to be and step two. So on January 4th, President Trump authorized up to 20,000 National Guards men and women. He said, you got my authorization if you, meet, if you need it. We said, roger that. We went immediately to step two. The governor, and since in this case it's D.C., the mayor, Bowser, and the head of the federal law enforcement authority there, Nancy Pelosi, who controls the Capitol Police, we went to them in person and said, two days before January 6th, the president of the United States has authorized thousands of National Guards men and women. Will you make the request so that we can deploy them? In writing, Mayor Bowser said no. In writing, the Capitol Police, on behalf of the Nancy Pelosi said no. And if you don't believe me, no problem. What's the reason, Cash? Why, what, why, why the no? If you they know. wanted the optics, they knew that President Trump 
outsmarted them because he cared about the interest and security of the American people in the Capitol. And they did not want him getting any credit whatsoever. And they wanted a situation to go sideways. I don't believe that for any man that either anybody wanted anyone to die, but they wanted the political theater. And what I did was I said, okay, I went to the January 6th committee and in six hours of interrogating me, they spent less than a quarter of it on January 6th and the rest of it on Afghanistan, President Trump, my work overseas, nothing to do. The January 6th committee was talking to me about Afghanistan, just so we can put things in perspective. And don't believe me, I I alluded to fightwithcash.com earlier. It's a free resource. We have created document vaults on Fight With Cash. Nancy Pelosi's Capitol Police timeline in writing where they denied to request the uh, National Guard is on there. Mayor Bowser's signed letter, signed letter in writing, declining the request for National Guard days before January 6th is on fightwithcash.com. All this material is free. We entered all of this into the record and the January 6th committee wanted nothing to do with it because it destroyed their narrative that the president was using somehow the military to perform a coup when the facts showed he was doing the exact opposite transitioning and he had actually authorized the use of National Guards men and women. And here's the biggest kicker. The FBI and DHS are responsible for security that day. They completely failed. Chris Ray completely failed. He could have had a no-climb fence put up around. You've seen these black fences in and around DC, so people can't get near it. Why do we ask, you know, why wasn't it there? They didn't want it there. I went out and bought a fence as the head of the DOD the night of January 6th, and I had my National Guards men and women install it in hours because no one else wanted to take the lead. And I said, the security of the Capitol and the people there are what is paramount. And here's a quick fact for you guys. Once, finally on January 6th, when things started getting so sideways that Pelosi and company started calling us and screaming for the National Guard, in the afternoon, I mind you, they wanted us to snap our fingers and magically descend 10,000 men and women. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. We had the fastest coal start of the United States National Guard. Get this, since World War II. Really? We had the largest occupation of D.C. by military personnel since the Civil War. And we did that because we at the Department of Defense take reps and sets. We, we went to the maximum that the law allowed us to. We called our National Guardsmen and their team, and I said, be on the ready. I can't kit you up. I can't fly you in from America because it's not like these people just live right. in downtown Washington. Right. I said, just stand at the ready. We had our positioning set. We had our forces set. We had our supply set. And once we hit go, we had it all done within hours. And I remind everybody, the vote, whether you agree with it or not, the vote occurred at the United States Capitol hours after the walls were breached. That means we, the Department of Defense and the National Guard, secured the perimeter in less than three hours so that vote could take place. Those are the hard facts that this unselect committee doesn't want you to think about. So what do they do? More political theater. They subpoena President Trump in the waning days of their Congress and their majority, which is about to end. And that's all it is. It's political theater. They have two weeks left on the clock, whatever it is. And and that's what we're going to deal with. What can you say, Cash, about the prisoners that have been there since since whenever they were arrested? Yeah, uh, I, 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 you know, constitutionally, or mm-hmm. or even if you say, well, the, traditionally you don't keep prisoners who are not guilty of a violent crime past so many days before they get out on bail. 
I would think I'm not an attorney. W what can you say about the prisoners that are still in prison? A lot. I mean, most sick. people don't know this about me, but I started my career as a public defender, and then I became a federal public defender in the Southern District of Florida. I've been in court more times than most defense attorneys and prosecutors ever will. Whoa, whoa. I argued thousands of bond hearings and bail hearings. I had defendants who had rap sheets, criminal records, pages long, feet long. And I successfully argued for their bail because the Constitution demanded it. That's what due process requires. The, the law is if a person does not pose a threat to themselves or the community and is not a danger of flight, then they are to be given a bond. These, these prosecutors have created a two-tier system of justice and have said to judges who have gone along for this charade, and they're in on it just as much as the prosecutors, oh my God, if you were there January 6th and you have almost no criminal record and you're an elderly person, we're going to hold you no bond. That is a constitutional violation of due process. That is why these people are being held no bond, because they want them to force them to take a plea agreement to guilty so they can have another stat and they can say, oh, dozens of people have now pled guilty to the crimes around January 6th. Multiple people have tragically committed suicide while waiting for trial. This is happening in the modern day American court system that I grew up in. Cash, that was drastically different. Uh, a defense attorney argue before a judge and, and, and say what you just said. They have. And? The and judge. the judges, judges go along with the prosecutors and say, oh, we don't believe it. You know, we, we think this person's a danger. They make a finding, a false finding, I, I would argue. And and unfortunately and tragically, and that's why we're helping some of the January 6th committees also, yeah. uh, excuse me, January 6th defendants and their families yeah. which at fightwithcash.com because they need legal help, their kids need help. And so if you have a story out there, we want to hear it. Um, and we want to provide help where we can, but it's just, to me, it's so offensive as someone who grew up in the court system, then became a prosecutor too, to see prosecutors I used to work with, to go into court. And I, I know they are lying when they say we want this person detained based on the facts and the law. They're doing yeah. it because the politicization of our law enforcement apparatus is the only thing these government gangsters in charge care about. And I'm talking about Chris Ray and Merrick yeah. Garland and everybody else over there. Now, uh, uh, Cash, you're aware, I know you're aware, that mm -hmm. there's video footage of people in uniform, at least one that I saw, there may be multiple, who mm -hmm. waved the protesters into the Capitol and even opened the door. What's going on with that? How can that, how can that stand? Uh, it, it shouldn't. And you're totally right. And, and, and you're talking about, you know, a couple of minutes. How about the thousands of hours of footage the Department of Justice hasn't released yet? That's another violation of due process. All of this evidence has to have been turned over at discovery to the charged defendants. That's what the law requires. And for some reason, the DOJ has gotten away with saying, oh, we don't, you know, have it organized yet. That's not it. I remember walking into into vaults with banker boxes full of discovery and, and the government would be like, here's everything. Go look. And that's what's supposed to happen. They're not supposed to organize it for you. And what you alluded to is one of the things we're talking about. We, you know, what about Ray Epps? What about the FBI's yeah. abuse probably yeah. of confidential human sources to entrap people during January 6th? What about why was the doors on the east side of the Capitol unlocked? What the heck? was that about? I worked in the United States Capitol. Never were the doors just unlocked and unguarded. Why was there no Capitol Police station there? And let me be clear. I don't blame the Capitol Police. They report to Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. Well, did the they Sergeant send Arms. some of those home? Did they send some home uh, that, mm -hmm. that were reporting to work? I, I'm 
I mean, I'm just going by a report that some were showing up and they said, no, you have the day off. I, it's, I don't even know if that's accurate, but maybe you do. Well, there's two documents that are definitively accurate without question. Okay. The Department of Defense timeline that we put out publicly that's on fightwithcash.com that I submitted to the January 6th committee. It was signed off on, signed off by myself, the Secretary of Defense, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the Secretary of the Army, the deputies in charge, basically the entire Department of Defense. Then you have the United States Capitol Police timeline, which was signed off on by the Sergeant in Arms at the direction of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. Their own words show you what happened on January 6th, but the media doesn't want to cover it. We put those documents out. I'm a document guy. I no. want the American people to be educated, not by my voice or some summary I provide, but by the evidence provided by the criminals and corruption. Uh, government gangsters themselves. Yeah. And that's what we try to do is put those documents out. It's the, it's the same trick I use. It's not a trick. It's the same tactic I used yeah. during Russiagate. Um, put out the information, let America decide. Yeah. What are you willing to say or able to say about, uh, I'm just going to, this is me talking, but the corruption of the FBI as we know it. What can Oof. you say about that? Man, I don't know. Do we have a year to talk about this? <laughs> um, right. So look, my my you know my problem and the reason I left the Department of Justice is because there was a failure of internal accountability. Remember, the FBI is part of the DOJ. Yeah. And what happened was during RussiaGate, we uncovered the largest criminal enterprise ever executed by the FBI. James Comey, Andy McKay, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, and outside parties. Fusion GPS, uh, Fiona Hill, Christopher Steele. Uh, Bruce Orr at the DOJ. And, and of course, then you have the media. What they created was a system of justice where if you were a political target of theirs, they would break the law to unlawfully surveil you. And they laid down the foundational roadmap for that to continue once Trump got in office and through the present day. And whether it's January 6th, whether it's Russiagate, whether it's John Durham, you have seen over and over and over again, where now FBI whistleblowers are coming out and saying, our leadership is politicizing these investigations. They are breaking the law. They are suppressing information. We have people in during the Danchenko case in the Durham trial who's literally come out and said that Christopher Steele was offered a million dollar taxpayer bounty to just come in and lie and say the information's false. But if you say it's not false, we'll give you a million bucks. And did he literally, take did he take that million? Was this he is how awful his reporting was. Even Christopher Steele, who was on the FBI payroll as a confidential human source, had to say no because he knew his sources were entirely made up. And that's the point. Devin and I, who ran this investigation, didn't even know about that. But if that weren't bad enough, let me give you another example. Danchenko, yeah. the guy that was on trial, I call it the FBI's confidential human source corruption cover-up network. And I think they did it on January 6th, too, as I alluded to earlier with Ray Epps. And we could circle back to that. But in this instance, Christopher Steele was fired because of our investigation showed that he was lying and leaking to the media and lied about his information to the FBI all the while getting paid. The FBI fires this guy and enter Fiona Hill, who had introduced Christopher Steele to the FBI and DOJ years ago. The Brookings Institute senior fellow had hired Dan Chenkoff to be her, rush, her, excuse me, her research assistant. Research assistant. This guy then is investigated by the FBI for buying and selling classified information. I'm not making this up. These are federal pleadings that we've put out um, through the Durham cases. And then the FBI said, shockingly, and this is like circa 2011-12, oh, we, we, we thought that Igor Danchenkov went back to Russia, so we closed the investigation. I have never in my entire prosecutorial career 
Ever heard of the FBI stopping to investigate a criminal because he flees the board, the border jurisdiction of the United States of America? Does it make sense? But let's just let's just you know give him a pass on that you know corruption. He come a he never left. B he continued working for Fiona Hill. So the money connecting Brookings Institute to the Russia Gate is direct through her. Then when they fired Christopher Steele in 2017, do you know who they hired to be their next confidential human source? Danchenko, literally within months. And Danchenko was Chris Steele's number one source. That means the guy that was feeding the guess to Steele, who is selling it to the FBI, was now on the payroll of the FBI for three years. Jeez. He got paid hundreds of thousands of dollars. Jeez. This is the corruption that Chris Ray has allowed to occur as FBI. Um, and we see that these agents, these, these courageous agents like Agent Friend, is his name. And um, he actually came forward and said he didn't vote for Donald Trump and doesn't want to. But he said the FBI was using field investigations that Agent Friend was leading against child sex offenders and taking these statistics and moving them to Washington without the field agent's notice and labeling them as domestic violent extremists so that Christopher Ray could go to Congress and lie and say that those involved with January 6th are domestic violent extremists and prefer MAGA and those individuals' crime rates are on the rise. They falsely padded criminal statistics so they could make this claim and have the radical left uh, ideology agenda in the mainstream media. And they got it. And now they've been caught. So when the majorities flip, these congressional committees have a ton of work to do to get the information out to the American public because this corruption is so bad that we have to wipe these agencies out and then rebuild them yeah. um, in their entirety because yeah. there's no faith in them anymore. Yeah, speaking of wiping them out, uh, FISA gate mm -hmm. has to do with them getting a FISA warrant from actual mm -hmm. judges, I'm guessing. How do you wipe that out? And talk about what actually occurred in FISA gate if you can. Yeah, look, I, I encourage your entire audience to go watch the movie, the plot, the documentary, the plot against the president against the president brilliant book by lee smith turned into a movie by amanda milius it is russiagate 90 minutes and in fact with the weekend coming upon us there's your friday evening viewing material okay. uh, you're gonna love it and essentially what happened is this it took me a couple of years to investigate to to prove it but the democratic party and the hillary clinton campaign hired a foreign national christopher Steele, and used federal election campaign dollars to pay this individual money to go out and buy false dirt then hijacked the law enforcement community at the FBI, brought them in on the conspiracy. Then these goons went to a FISA court, which is just a federal court that issues surveillance warrants, um, and lied to the judge, knowing it was a lie, saying Steele's information was valid and accurate, even though they knew it was false, just so they could unlawfully surveil President Trump and his campaign. And they went back four times with their lies over a year-plus period with Rod Rosenstein and Chris Ray signing these FBI warrants. That's FISAgate in a nutshell. Just think about it. If they're willing to do that to a president or presidential candidate, what are they using these surveillance powers against us for? And look, if you don't um, if you don't want to live through the 90-minute movie, no problem. I made a kid's book on Russiagate. Plot Against the King is the number one kid's book in the country. And I'm not and I'm half joking, but I'm half not. 22 pages on Russiagate broken Shut down. Up. We did want to tell people about that book. So that's the sequel, Plot Against the King, 2000 Mules. And under it, you see Plot Against the King. So Plot Against the King is a tale 
and Donald Trump has launched these books on Truth Social, you can go to plotagainstheking.com, plotagainstheking.com. They're number one for a reason. We're providing educational material that's historically accurate in fact and teaching our kids, kids about service, faith, mission, and the truth and how to run investigations. And we talk about how this happened to President Trump in a simple way. And then we um, did so well that we thought, and not we thought, there was actually uh, on Truth Social, so many people wrote to us and said, we want more material, not just for young adults, but for adults who didn't understand wow. this part of history. And so that our kids can learn something that's not CRT. We did Plot Against the King 2000 Mules in collaboration with Dinesh D'Souza off his blockbuster movie, 2000 Mules. There it is. And we talk about election integrity. And we talk about how elections can and were rigged in a constitutional republic and that it's okay to have those conversations. And Donald Trump uh, launched this book on Truth Social. And, you know, it's going to be a trilogy. Ultimately, the next the next book, I think, will be called The Return of the MAGA King or something like that. And yeah. maybe I'll have uh, that 45th president of ours co-sign it with me. But um I encourage you to go out there and get them. You know, it's how I make a living these days. I don't really have a, a, you know, apologies about it. If people want to hate on me for that's fine, but go to plotagainstheking.com and and get the books that are sweeping over uh, American education system. And president Trump said it's best. Let's put these books in every home and every library in America. We we got watermelon launches. We got um, shift being thrown off uh, castles. You know, you have to have fun with it. You know, we're not advocating for violence, but you have to have fun with it. And we had John Rich of, of Big and Rich, the country music legend, actually yeah. write a song called The Plot Against the King for really? our book series. And it's an amazing song. It's available for free on Truth Social, at Cash, and of course, at plotagainsttheking.com. And then there's a movie trailer for it. This is the power of a, of a true free speech platform. These guys on Truth Social, Steve Inman and company, got together and literally made a cinematic computerized movie trailer for plot against the king it's unbelievable it is the coolest thing you're ever going to see um when it comes to education and it's in a fun friendly way and people good. just love it so go to plot against the king check it out plotagainstheking.com. check it all out sounds good now cash what can you say about uh the bogus in home invasion i'll call it of president trump's house home uh and in and absconding with documents that apparently he has every right to have, um, and and uh, his predecessors like Clinton and hmm. Obama had boatloads of this of documents that they just took without consequence. So talk about that for a minute, if you can. Yeah, I mean, for the same reason that I did dive into the earlier question about about that, I can't because of ongoing. Oh, okay, matters. same thing. But I have put out a lot of statements before. They're all on okay. social. You can see them there. I, uh, I I hope to come back with you someday very soon yeah. and do a deep dive that on that. That would be great. Um, let's talk about um, the next few days before the election. I mean, yeah. The patriots are buzzing, and so is the left wing about the expectation of a false flag event or some big event that's going to throw mm-hmm. everything off. Um, can you talk about that? Uh, are we expecting some sort of attempt to disrupt the election, or what can you say about that? I don't. I can tell you what I've seen, and I've been okay. fortunate enough to speak at President Trump's rallies in the recent past in both uh, Nevada and Arizona. I've been um, uh, an advisor to him on all of his MAGA-backed candidates. I've literally done probably 30 or 40 campaign events across the country 
Um, I'm going back to Nevada tomorrow for Adam Laxalt. I just did a bus tour for him. We're going to be back out with Kerry Lake and Blake Masters in Arizona is my plan to win back the West. And the reason I bring this up is, um, you know, it's very humbling and honor for me to go out and speak there. But what I talk about to people is the national security first, law enforcement first priorities of Donald Trump. And when people show up to these events and they turn out in massive numbers. Yeah, they do. I'm encouraged because I'm – I. It goes to your question. I firmly believe that we have convinced so much of the middle road population in this country that they were bamboozled by the disinformation campaigns that we've talked about from Russiagate to January 6th and onwards, that they are like, oh, you guys were telling the truth then. And we want to listen to truth tellers now and get our country back on the right footing. And so that's why I think we're going to be, yes, it's the hunt for red October. We're going to have a red tsunami, but we've got 10 days and we cannot take a knee. We cannot stop. You have to go out there. This is what I tell people. They're like, what can I do? Go be poll watchers. Drive 40 people to the polls who've never voted. Get people registered. Local politics matter. Don't just vote for senators and congressmen and women. Vote for governors and state AGs yeah. and state secretaries of state. If you don't know who to vote for, call us. Go on social media. Find out. We're putting it, it all out there. Is it true that I know we have two minutes here, two or three minutes. Is it true that if, if voters overwhelm the system, you can... Um, overwhelmed the whole dominion machine debacle what 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 can you say about that again i'm not the like election machine guy but this is my this has been my message in what at least 15 states across the country go out and win so big that it doesn't matter yeah when we wake up on november 9th and the democrats start selling us how the election was rigged and stolen and how the russians and chinese took it then you'll know we you not me you did our job. You did your job. You went out to your communities. You got people energized to vote and vote on voting day. And don't let these uh, scammers stuff the ballots unlawfully. And don't incite any violence. Don't fall into their trap. Yeah. Just do it lawfully. Get out there. And if you care, look, and people do. Do you care about your community? Do you care about drugs killing our children? Do you care about crime skyrocketing? Do you care about fuel doubling? Do you care about being a laughing stock overseas where we're on the verge of World War III because Vladimir Putin's out of control? You care about these things and you want our future generations to have the values that made us who we are today, then go put leaders in charge who care about those same values. And you guys know who they are in every community. Yeah. You, live oh, yeah. you know, I can cite them off from Pennsylvania to Georgia to Wisconsin, Ohio, to Arizona, to Nevada. That's the slate of candidates that President Trump has endorsed from the state level position all the way on down to the local level yeah. position, judicial positions. Yeah. Just go on President Trump's true social feed. You'll find out anyone you need to vote for who shares those values. And, um, and that's what I tell people. I'm like, if you don't get it done this time, there's no one else to blame. Yeah. It's not Trump. It's not us. Yeah. You got to get out there yeah. I, and I do told, your job. I told people if I, you know, I had a trip planned, but I will be back in time to vote. I won't miss a trip. I won't not vote because of a trip. I will come back and vote, you know, in Oregon, everything's mail-in or you can drop it off. Mm. Uh, but God bless those people who will vote. Get your friends to vote. Get your church mm-hmm. members to vote. Get there's a lot of people, and I've seen signs, Democrats for Trump. Uh, have you seen a swaying of the Democratic side 
towards Trump. I'm just curious if you've seen it. Yeah, the best example I could tell you is basically the debates that happened this past week. Mm -hmm. Lee Zeldin in New York, who's a dear friend of mine, who might, who I think is going to win the New York gubernatorial race. Just think about that. We're talking about the state of New York, who has an statewide Republican elected for 20 years. And the reason that's changing is because Democrats in the middle, as you have used, identified them, are coming over and saying, I don't want bullets flying through my windows, literally. I don't want drugs in my community. I want education to be paramount and to for our parents to have a choice as to what their children are taught. These things aren't right-wing bases or values. These things are American values. And I think what we've taught them is this isn't a neo-MAGA conservative crazy movement. This is an America first movement with these policies front and center. I mean, look what happened to that guy in Pennsylvania, Fetterman. He could barely stand oh, up. Yeah. Look, oh, yeah. Look, what, look at all these debates. You know, I mean, we, 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 uh, we were out West and um, I mean, Kerry Lake's opponent won't even show right. up to a debate. This, this, this <laughs> yeah. is what I'm talking about. Middle road of America who usually come in and say, okay, who are the candidates? So what are they about? Well, one side is failing to show up entirely. And that's what they're going to do if you give them another chance to represent you in your state and federal legislatures. Well, so everyone, please, please, please vote. Cash Patel, thank you so much. It was a great interview. Thanks for all that you were able to say. You did say a great deal. And I understand a couple of things you can't address, but we will address that after the election or whenever it's it's legal. We'll, I'll pummel you with the next set of questions on that. So because yeah. we our, our viewers want to know. We love President Trump. Please give our love to Yeah, God bless you for all the work you're doing. Thank you for your service. And I really, really mean that, Cash. So have a great day. Thanks again, Cash, for coming on the show. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate the time. Tomorrow we have Derek Johnson on, folks. So it's same time, same place, 11 o'clock Pacific. So Derek Johnson will be with us. Thanks again. God bless everyone. Thanks, guys. See you later. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.